All right, ladies, very, very excited um, about having Mike with here with us here this morning. Uh, how many of you remember him coming last spring? Yes. And I just want to say there is such a, a God connection. Um, it's not every guy who can say that, okay? So we just know, I believe, Mike, that God has called you for us for such a time as this. And I know that God brings a word of life everywhere he goes, healing, blessings, and we're just going to let him go in the Holy Spirit. Is that good? Yeah. All right, Kim, welcome Mike as he come. <laughs> yeah, gotta, have, gotta have the mic. Good morning, ladies. This is fun. I look forward to this. My second time uh, speaking at the Women's Impact, so... I must have did a good job the first one. Are you all wanting to have me back? And I'm, I'm honored and privileged to be here. Throw a little testosterone in the mix. But I think I'm overwhelmed by the estrogen levels in the room. Um, I, I just wanted to share a word with you that the Lord gave me. I love how the Holy Spirit works. This, this will bless you, Karen, for some of the stuff the Holy Spirit led you to say. Uh, this is for this specific group, and he says, Many of you are weary and tired. Many are feeling the stress of life. But that stress is not from me, for the life I give to you has no stress. But it does have seasons of refreshing. Come and drink from the well that has no bottom. Drink from the well that never runs out. For I am your father, and I will refresh my daughters. I will strengthen you and empower you to live my life, lay your life down, and walk in mine. Mm. Mm. I'm going to be meditating on that for a while, even though I'm not a daughter. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Mike Benson. I am uh, the team captain of the Conquerors International Strength Team. It's an athlete's group of athletes who get to break things for a living and we don't get in trouble for it and we use the feats of strength to get people's attention so we can tell them about the real strength on our team and in life and that's a relationship with the father god through jesus christ i'm also the onboard evangelist here at res um so i just run all over the place uh, going holy ghost everywhere um yeah, i married my beautiful wife stephanie uh, we've been married for 17 years. We're rookie status. We're catching up with you, but we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I wanted to share what's been happening recently. For us as a ministry, it's been, uh, it's been a record year. The Lord told me at the beginning of the year, this is the year of breakthrough and multiplication. I said, okay, I like that. I like breakthrough and I like multiplication. So every year since we've been out there ministering all over the planet, every of the last 15 years, we've had about maybe 25,000 decisions a year. That's been our highest year. That's been our record year. Well, this year, we're already at 85,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we still, have, um, we still have Cambodia left, and there's possibly a South Africa trip still uh, coming in there. So God is good all the time. And I want to share with you a story. I share these with the body of Christ to encourage the body of Christ that Jesus is real. Uh, he's, a miracle, he's a miracle God. And miracles should be every day. They shouldn't be, oh my, just, no, it should be every day. Part of every believer's life. Um, and we are at a church. 
And uh, she, she couldn't because her, her ankle and her heel bone were shattered, like broken up into little pieces. And they said, you're, she had a walker and you're never going to walk again and all that other stuff. <laughs> but God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to talk to you this morning about destroying Satan's works. Because that's what happened there. Satan's works were destroyed in an instant. Um, 1 John 3, 8, this is in the Amplified Bible. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus' mission statement, his reason for appearing was very clear. He's here to destroy the works of the enemy. Everywhere he went, he proclaimed the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and he demonstrated the kingdom's power. He wasn't asking for anything. He was coming here to take over. He was coming to reestablish the kingdom of God here on the earth. Jesus is our standard. He, he, he is the one. He is the model. He is the example. Jesus is the master, and we are disciples of Jesus, correct? Well, Jesus made a statement, another statement. He said, he said I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say, you will be fishers. He says, I will make you fishers of men, mankind. And so I see two things in that, that, you know, you got to be fishing and you got to be destroying Satan to be a disciple of Jesus, right? Biblically, if you're not fishing and you're not destroying the works of Satan, you're not fully following Jesus. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Luke 10, 19, this is in the Passion Translation. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. When Jesus gave us the model to pray, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. It wasn't a request. It was a declaration. <laughs> Jesus wasn't asking. He was saying, the kingdom is coming. It's here now, and it's advancing. Um, so there's two kingdoms, there's two powers, and there's power confrontations. When you run up against an impossibility... Without God, it's impossible. But with God, it's a possibility all of a sudden. And there's, there's, there's a cosmic struggle going on right now. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're in the middle of a war. You're in the middle of a war. Whether you want to, there's no Switzerland in the spiritual realm. All right, it doesn't exist. There's no neutral ground. You're either a victim or you're a victor. One of the two. If you say, ah, I'm sitting this one out, you're a victim. Hmm. And the best defense is to stay on offense. Kick that devil's butt everywhere you see him. You know what I'm saying? Um, we had a, a power. Now, 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 when I'm talking power confrontation, people automatically think the exorcist, you know? Head spinning, projectile vomiting. <laughs> uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be that hard if it was a true power confrontation because the power of the enemy is no match for the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. Because all the power that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in each and every one of you ladies. 
There's no measure. There's no he gives some a little. No, you've got everything that it took to raise Jesus from the dead dwelling within you. You got Jesus himself in you. Let him out. He wants out. He does. He wants out. Um, and so I, we're at Access, and um, it, it was a good time, <laughs> let me tell you that. And I was praying for people, and this one kid, when I went to touch him, he just, don't touch me, just totally manifested a demon, like hardcore. And I'm like, oh, so we got one of these going on tonight here, huh? All right. <laughs> Fun, fun. So we're sitting there, and I'm talking to him. He's getting all mad and trying to flex on me. And I said, that's not going to work, Satan. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, the demons are speaking to me. There was seven of them. And they says, um, he lets us in every time. We're not going anywhere. I says, oh, yeah, you're coming out. You're coming out of them. And we're just going back and forth. And it's like 15 minutes, you know. And the students, because I've had this happen at a few other churches, I had a demon manifest start crawling around, slithering around the floor, hissing, eyes turning black. People are running out of the church screaming, all right? But it didn't go down like that here. These students started getting on their knees and praying and singing. And I was like, yes, this is my church. <laughs> and these are the young people doing this. This is what I'm talking about. There wasn't no fear in there. And um, so we're, we're just sitting there. And then he spit in my face. He literally hocked a loogie right in my face. And it was the grace of God. <laughs> it was. I could tangibly feel it. Because the Mike Benson in the flesh would have laid hands on him in a vigorous manner. You know what I'm saying? And it wouldn't have been for no healing, but he might have needed some afterward. <laughs> and when he did it, I saw these guys are standing there like, oh, oh, it's going to go down. <laughs> No, I just stood there calm. I said, really? That's what you got? That's what you got? You go spit on me? So anyway, I'm having this conversation, you know, with these, with these demons. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, Lord, please do not let these be one who come out with fasting and prayer. I don't have time to fast. <laughs> we got to get some results right now. <laughs> and so, so and, and I'm telling you, the key to defeating the works there's two things you, this is all you need to defeat the enemy. Listen and obey. That's all it takes. It's so simple. Listen to his voice, his word, obey his word, but listen to his voice and do what he says. That's, that's how you overcome. So I'm sitting there and I'm dialoguing with the Holy Spirit and um, the Holy Spirit says name above every name. I heard that name of every so I said, okay, bow your knee to the name of Jesus right now. And he starts going like this. And he's fighting and he's getting down on one knee. And he gets down on one knee and he's looking up at me and all this hate. And I, and I said, bow your knee to the name of Jesus now. And he got down on the other knee. See, you can't ask the devil for, to do things. Please leave me alone, Mr. Devil. Quit giving me so much trouble. You've got to command him to get out of your life. You've got to command him to get out of your kid's life, your grandkid's life, your spouse's head. You've got to command him out of your home because he doesn't have authority to be there. And so he gets down there, and he's on both his knees, and he's looking up at me, and he's like this. And I'm like, all right, Lord, what's next? Uh, all right, we got him down there. And he says, use the angels. 
But before that, he gave me, I started speaking to him in tongues, um, which I, I never do, you know. And I could tell that the tongues, the language I was speaking in was an, was an Indian dialect, like a Native American. I just knew it by the Holy Spirit, but, but I could tell by the sound. And, I was, and, and then I said, in your, in your ancient language, too. And he started freaking out, started grabbing his hair, started going, no, 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 and all that. I don't know what I said, but it sure was good. <laughs> Holy Spirit gave me a good unction there. <laughs> and, uh, and then finally I said, angels, escort him out, and they left. And he gets up, and he's like, what happened? And he got, then we, we had to deal with some forgiveness things, and then we got him filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I get a, a, a thing from him on Facebook message. He says, you probably remember me last night. I'm the guy who spit in your face. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I remember you. How could I forget? And uh, he says, when you were at, because I was asking him what his name was, and he couldn't tell me, and I asked them what their name were. I knew there was seven of them. They wouldn't tell me. He says, I kept hearing this, every time you asked me, I kept hearing this name screaming through my head, Baycock, Baycock, Baycock. And so I just went and looked up Baycock, and it's an ancient, malevolent Ojibwe spirit. Yeah. I was like, that's cool, Lord. That's cool. So I was speaking to them, obviously, in Ojibwe, and cast them right out. You see, the enemy is all a bunch of fluff. He is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That means you got to give him permission. You got to open a door. I don't know about y'all, but if our cat Harley, she's a cute little thing. If she gets out and she's at the door, I'm going to let her in. If there's a lion at my door, he ain't getting in the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to become his dinner. <laughs> um, and... We must know that we have authority because of who Jesus is. It's delegated authority. Now, police officers, I have so much respect for police officers. And it's kind of ironic that I get to work with them from time to time. And I've done a lot of work with them in the military. Seeing as I spent 11 years in prison, I used to be one of their greatest customers. <laughs> and now I'm an advocate for them. <laughs> I was like, God, you got a sense of humor. <laughs> but what gives... A police officer, their power, their authority, it's the uniform, right? If a police officer gets up in the morning, puts on his uniform, the badge, the uniform, everything together, and he goes and stands in the middle of the street and puts his hand out and says, stop, everybody's like this, right? That same police officer gets up in the morning, he forgets to get dressed, and he walks out there in the middle of the intersection, puts his hand out there, he's going to get some hands back at him. He's going to get some cultural sign language. <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> You're standing there in your underwear. What do you mean? <laughs> we got a crazy guy down. No one knows because they don't recognize what he's wearing. They don't recognize the uniform. We have authority because we have the author of all authority in us. And he's given us his spirit, not just to dwell in us, but to be clothed with power. When you're clothed with power, the enemy recognizes your authority. He recognizes it. But what do we walk around clothed in most of the time? We walk around clothed in shame, guilt, depression. That's what we walk around. I mean, it don't take a, a gift of discernment to see it on some people. You can see it all over them. 
I can walk up to people and just say, hey, you're not having a good day today. Oh, how did you know? That was very, I can see it all over your face. You look like you've been gargling pickle juice all morning. And we're clothing all this stuff because our focus is on us instead of on him. You know, um, Jesus never questioned God on whether it was his will to heal anybody. He never did. He never questioned, never stopped and said, is your will? He knew he came there to fulfill the will of the Father, and he demonstrated the will of the Father. He wants every sickness, disease, everything that steals, kills, and destroys in your life to be out of your life, bar none. Um, and there was only one time where Jesus called God God instead of Father, and that was on the cross when he bore all the sin. That was the only time he called. Every other time was Father. Intimacy is the key to your identity. And your identity is the key to operating in all the promises of God and all the power of God and taking off all the limitations. Your identity is the number one area that the, that the enemy is going to attack you. Because if he can convince you that you're not who you are, then he can, then he can win. But once you know who you are, and more importantly, whose you are, then his days are numbered. And he will do everything. He'll whisper that stuff in your ear. Oh, especially ladies. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a chance here, okay? I'm going to wade out into some waters. <laughs> you know, I watch my wife every morning. She gets out her ritual bag. I call it the ritual bag. It's got so many brushes in there and powders and apparatus and stuff. And I'm just like, what is this? You know, I get up on the bed if there's room because she spreads it all out. This is not being recorded, by the way, right? Because I'm going to get in trouble. Spreads it all out, got all the makeup everywhere and all the, I mean, she's doing all this stuff. I'm watching. I say, you got to do this every morning? Man, this is crazy. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm a male. <laughs> but he lies, and he, he attacks women all the time about their appearance, about their weight, about everything. He wants to get your focus on everything but who you really are. Because the power of who you are is contained in him. Um, in 1 Corinthians 6.17, but the one who joins themselves to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. So if you're joined to the Lord, the Bible says your spirit and his spirit are one. There's no separation. There's no distinction. Now, we live in a flesh body, and we have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotion, or our chooser, um, we have choice. We can do what we, we can choose to obey him or disobey him. But in your spirit, in the person who you really are, the eternal part of you, you can't differentiate between Jesus and you. So all the stuff you say bad about yourself, you're saying about Jesus. Mm. Yeah, stick that feather in your hat real quick. Everything you say, everything you talk down about yourself to, you're saying it to Jesus. That's what the scripture says, right? 
He was joined to the Lord as one spirit with him. That means who you are, your eternal part of you, the part that's going to leave this body behind, praise the Lord, and go on is one spirit with Jesus. So all that negative self-talk, you're talking about Jesus. Mm. I know from experience. I was talking bad about myself. How I can't believe it. I'm so this, I'm so that. And God says, how come you keep disrespecting me so much? I'm like, what are you talking about? You're talking about my son. You're talking about me. You might as well be talking about me. You have my name. You have my blood. You have my spirit. You have my word. Quit talking about me like that. That changed my perspective very quick. Somebody talks about my son, Riley. They might as well be talking bad about me. Right? Mm-hmm. When we're joined to the Lord, we're one with him, and we're also one with his purpose. And his purpose was being revealed so he could destroy the works of the enemy, not only in your life, but in the lives of people around you. And it may be dramatic as a power confrontation in somebody filled with demons, or it may not be. It could be in the everyday. Because Satan is looking for a way in. Satan doesn't come with a pitchfork and drawing black pentagrams on the floor lighting black candles. He comes as an angel of light, and he's looking for a little way in. He's looking for just give him a little bit. Just get a little bit of offended. Just a little bit of offended at this person. And he's got a way in. He wants to wiggle his way in. Let me tell you, something that happened recently, the week before last. I'm just giving you Every day there's opportunities. Every day. So I'm driving down Granville, down Wilson, and I'm heading to an appointment in Kalamazoo, and I have to be there, and I'm very time conscious. And I looked in my truck, and I looked, I didn't see anybody, so I started to make the transition to the next lane. All of a sudden, I hear crunch. And I hit this lady, and she pulls over to the side like this, and I pull in beside her, and I get out, and I look at her side of her car, and it's both doors are all mangled. So I have an opportunity right here. <laughs> flesh, flesh is, you know, whoop. <laughs> but automatically, I'm just like, oh, no, I see. I see what this is, Lord. All right, somebody will get prayed for. And then I go up to this lady, and she gets out of her car, and she's none too happy. <laughs> she's like, you idiot, what did you do? I mean, she was getting in my stuff real quick. And my flesh was like, whoop. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My bad. I didn't even know. And she just looked at me and she says, what were you thinking? I said, obviously I wasn't. <laughs> and then she didn't know what to do with that. And anyway, so we're going there and I'm just like, all right, this is a total opportunity. So I start talking to her and when I find out she just came from a place getting tests and died. Well, long story, she's got this back issue. And I says, hey, oh, you got a back issue, huh? What's going on? Oh, yeah, I've been in pain, and we got this nerve surgery. I'm on my fourth surgery. And all. I said, oh, this is good. <laughs> this is going to be good. All right. I said, you can forget about the surgery. She says, what? I said, you can get healed right here. I said, if you let me, Jesus will heal your back right now and get rid of all your pain. Oh, yeah, I know. It's going to be healed because the doctor said, yeah, in two more months. And No, I said, listen, ma'am, excuse me. Right now. You want your back to be healed right now. And she's like, can he really do that? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Proofs is in the pudding. Let me pray for you. So I pray for her. Now she's tripping. She's like, 
what did you do? I said, I didn't do nothing. I just prayed for you. Jesus just healed you, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Then the cops show up. And, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, here we go, round two. <laughs> so I walk around my truck. I say, I might as well check out the damage. I look at my truck. There's not a scratch on it. Not a scratch. My rim had caught the gap between the front door and the back door and totally took out both their doors, but it left a little scratch this big on my rim. I could take a marker and go like that, and it's done. I walked over, I looked at that, I said, Jesus, you're so cool. <laughs> so the police comes over, and I'm talking to the police. She ends up leaving. I'm talking to him, and the Holy Spirit says he's got pain in his shoulder. And I says, hey, um, can I pray for that pain in your shoulder? And he's like, how did you know I had pain in my shoulder? <laughs> So I didn't know, but the one who's in me knows. He knows everything. His name is Jesus. And he told me, you got pain in your shoulder. Would you like it gone? Well, yeah, I would love it gone. All right, let me pray for you. So I pray for him. What happens? Shoulder gets healed. You know what? Yeah. That, that was an opportunity right there to get all kind of, oh, my day is going to be screwed now. All these thoughts that the enemy comes in with. Oh, oh really, Satan? You think you're going to do me like that? I'm going to show you. I'm going to turn this right around in your face. And I'm going to stick it to you really hard. Come to find out they were both believers, so I couldn't get them saved, but I got them healed. That is how you destroy the works of Satan. Because Satan's main mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal the joy out of your everyday. He wants to steal the joy of being a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see them heads shaking now. Mm-hmm. Man, I tell you what, I know. I see a mom every day in my house. You all got the jobs, all right? The unsung heroes. You know, the enemy would love nothing more than to steal the joy out of being a mom. He loves that. Oh, nobody appreciates you. Look, oh, you're doing that. Oh, I know. I get it. I get it. I hear it from my wife. <laughs> I know. What do you tax you with? Come coming in with all this stuff and all that. You know what you need to do? You need to get up and say, okay, every time you mess with me, Satan, you're going to pay a price. Every single time. You know, when I first started traveling, I, my first trip was to Rio de Janeiro, and I'd be talking with my daughter, Sophia. She was just a baby at the time, and I get this overwhelming feeling. It's more than a thought. It's like an evil foreboding. It's like I could see it happening in my mind's eye. The plane's going to go down. You're never going to come back. You're never going to see your daughter again. All this stuff. It's just like really hardcore, trippy stuff. And, of course, I'm not going to tell my wife what I'm going through. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got this really bad feeling that the plane's going to go down, honey. <laughs> Will you pray with me? Uh, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I fly over there, win a bunch of people to Jesus, fly back, nothing happens. About the third trip, this is happening again, and the Holy Spirit breaks in. He says, Mike, when are you going to quit putting up with this? Every time the enemy raises his head, smash him with a hammer. That's my kind of language. I can do that. Yes, yeah, smash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Smash. Yeah. Smash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can do that. He's speaking my language now. <laughs> So I go on a flight. I'm going, I'm going to go somewhere. I start getting attacked. I start interceding for a million souls. And I says, not only that, when I get on the airplane, it's on, devil. 
That's all. And so I get on the airplane, and I look for, I'm scanning that plane. Who, who, who's it going to be? Guess what? I fly the friendly skies now. <laughs> he don't mess with me when I fly. He knows better. He doesn't mess with me. He, he, he knows better than to use those tactics on me because I'm not going to buy into that stuff anymore. You know, how many times we got to bump our head to figure out we can't walk under the same door and, without bumping our head? Take a different route, right? That's what we got to do. We got to take a different route, another approach. Quit. Mm. Okay, she said go for it. Quit allowing the enemy to run roughshod in your head. Just quit it. You have authority to put him out. There is no lack of the power of God to the body of Christ. But what there is lack of is activating that power. Mm. Mm. So you have weapons. You have weapons in this battle, in this warfare. Healing is a weapon. Healing is a way to advance the kingdom of heaven and destroy the works of darkness. I don't care if it's a cold or if it's a, 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 an unknown, uncurable disease. It all emanates from the same place. It all comes from sin because man sinned because they listened to the wrong voice. Therefore, sin came into the earth and caused a curse on the earth. That sin came from Satan himself. So if you have a cold, no, you don't have a demon in your nose. There's some people who believe that stuff. Oh, you got demons. Seven demons are in his nose. No, he's got a cold, dude. All right? But if you go to the doctor and you've got some kind of condition that they can't explain and they've done all the tests and it usually works, that's a spirit of infirmity. Anything that steals, kills, or destroys in your life, no matter how small or how big, it all comes from Satan and Satan is defeated. He is defeated. He is under our feet. We say this, this stuff we all nod our head and say amen, hallelujah, but we don't do it. Why? Because we don't believe in who we are. We don't know whose we are. We, we, we have a mental, mental conception about it, but we really don't know who you are. Because what you know is reflected in your habits. What you do habitually is part of who you are. Oh, snap. <laughs> Here's the good news. You don't like who you are, you can change it. You can start reading who he says you are. He says you're above, not beneath. He says you're the head, not the tail. He says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He said nothing shall be impossible to you. He says you're blessed. He says you're beautiful. He says you're full of abundance. He says you're powerful. That's what he says about you. I like that. I like that. I'm, in the, I'm training my mind right now to not receive any negativity. Zero. None. And it is awesome. It's hard work. Don't get me wrong. It's hard. Because there's people out there. Right? <laughs> if I could just be on a beach somewhere with no people, it'd be easy. The only way we can effectually engage in spiritual warfare is through the gifts of the Spirit. It's the only way. The Word of God and the gifts of the Spirit. 
Um, 2 Corinthians 10.4, for although we live in the natural realm, we do not wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. See, when Jesus came, he was destroying Satan's counterfeit kingdom. He was destroying the system that he set up on this world. Satan does not have a kingdom because in order to have a kingdom, you have to be a king. He's not a king. He's a prince. It's not the kingdom of darkness. It's the realm of darkness because he's not a king. He's a prince. He's the prince of darkness. Well, the king of light is on the scene now. And he came to show his disciples, this is how you advance my kingdom right here. Oh, proclaiming it is part of it. Preaching is good. I love to preach. Don't get me wrong. I love love to preach the word. But preaching alone is not going to cut it. You got to go out there and do some stuff. You got to, you know, I love it when the spirit of God manifests in church, but I love it more when he manifests out there. Don't worry. He going to manifest here. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Matthew 18:11 For the son of man has come to save that which was lost. He's come to restore our position as sons and daughters in the family and he's come to restore our kingdom authority. That which was lost through Adam, that's why he's called the second Adam, was regained through Jesus Christ. All authority. We're seated with him in Christ above powers, principalities, and every name that can be named. We're one with him, seated with him in the same position. You have the same authority, the same rights as anybody else. You do. Um, All right. All right. Every time you give prophetic word, word and out, all the gifts of the Spirit, those are weapons. Those are weapons. I, shared, I think I shared with you guys my story of Keeley from Australia last time I was here. Remember that one? That, that's that's a, like one of my favorite examples. New Age chick in Australia, Billabong store. Holy Spirit gave me a word for her. Just read her mail, got straight. She ended up getting saved. I just dismantled the darkness of the false kingdom in her life. I just dismantled it. I just destroyed the lies that she was hanging on to that, oh, I wonder if this is, there's some energy out there who's God. No, no, there's a God. His name is Jesus. You want to meet him right now? Here he is. She met him and surrendered her life to him. That's warfare. That's warfare. If you've got a problem that you can't seem to solve or you're hung up on, get your focus off it. Focus on somebody else's problem. That's what I do. When I'm in the dumps, I mean, when I'm really stuck, where I can't get out, you know, I'm like, okay, I know what to do. I know how to get, who needs to get blessed? I, I usually go and give away a C note somewhere, which my wife just loves that. <laughs> She's the bookkeeper. I'll just go give somebody a hundred bucks and be a blessing to them. Or who needs prayer? I'll just go up in Myers and go off. And by the time I leave there, I'm out of it. Because my focus can't be on me. Anytime I'm really suffering, really, really suffering, my focus is on me. The source of all suffering is a focus on self. The source of all freedom is a focus on Jesus. Ooh, 
Woo, that's good. Dang. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, this is being recorded, isn't it? I don't have to write it down. Okay. Um, and I just want to go over one thing. So say you're out there and you're praying for somebody and they don't get healed. Hmm, what do you do then? Well, here's, here's what I've come to find out. I'm not responsible for the results because it's not my word, not my name, um, not my blood that was shed on the cross. I'm responsible for the obedience. The results are his responsibility and the person's, not mine. So if I go out and pray for somebody and they don't get healed, I mean, healing is warfare. I'll usually lay my hands on somebody. Hey, I got a pain in my knee. Okay, let, let, let me pray for it. So I'll rebuke the pain. I'll take authority over the body and command it to line up with the way it was created. Because our bodies come from the earth. We're basically five buckets of water and a bucket of dirt, right? And we come from the earth, and we have authority and dominion over the earth. So I'm going to command the body what to do. I'm not going to ask God for anything. I don't, you will never hear me lay my hand on somebody and say, oh, Lord, please heal them. He's going to be like, what you talking about? I already did it. Oh, yeah, that'll, that'll mess with your gray matter. It will, I know. It'll bunch up your strings. <laughs> I just take authority and command it. So then if, if nothing happens, then I'll ask the person some questions. And the first place I always go to is real simple. Is there somebody you need to forgive if they're a believer? Oh, yeah, well, what's that got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. Because if you're holding unforgiveness in your heart, you're cutting yourself off from the power of God. That's what's going on. And then if that doesn't work, I go into a spirit of infirmity. Satan is hindering this healing because he does not want Jesus to be revealed in this person's life. It's a warfare. It's a battle. So I rebuke him. But if they don't get healed, then I'll, I'll pray for them anyway. I'll prophesy and send them on their way. I don't sit there and go, oh, man, why, why did that happen? Oh, what did I do wrong? I didn't do nothing wrong. I obeyed what he said and did what he said. These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons, pro, uh, speak in new tongues, they drink anything deadly, it will not by no means hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Ain't nothing about Jesus laying hands on nobody. Jesus healing nobody. We're doing it in his name and his power, but we're the ones doing it. Those signs follow believers. Let me ask you a question. Are you a believer? When's the last time you laid hands on a sick person? Don't raise your hand. This is biblical. It's not Mike Benson. This is what the Bible says, Scripture. If we start obeying the Scripture, we get Scripture's results. Ooh, that's good stuff. Hmm. Healing is not a measure of your success because healing is not the objective. Okay? It's not the objective. Demonstrating God's goodness is the objective. When I pray for somebody, I'm not excited if they get healed. I'm not. I'm excited that Jesus revealed himself to them in such a way that their mind is totally blown right now. That's what gets me excited. To see the looks on their face when they're like, oh, but the doctor said, but the doctor said. No, nothing against doctors. I love them. 
My doctor's a believer. He's a, he, he loves God. I love, I love him. Um, nothing against, but man, they got knowledge, but it's limited. When you got the one who's unlimited inside of you, you got the great physician inside of you. Well, what the doctors say? Again, no disrespect. Who cares? Who cares? And when healing doesn't happen, it's not, the issue's not with us, it's Satan opposing us. It's warfare. It's warfare. Um, okay. All right. So two things we're going to do here this morning um, that I felt like the, the Holy Spirit is we're going to have like a commissioning service really quick. And what a commissioning service is, is the Lord is going to impart something to you, but it's going to have a condition attached to it. He's going to impart something to you if you're going to do something with it. Okay? He's, he's going to impart something to you. He's going he's to give you a measure of the anointing, the measure, but you got to do something with it. Okay? It's kind of like muscles. You know, I didn't get this big from Jane Fonda videos. I wish it was that easy. I wish I could get like this from eating ho-hos and ding-dongs. That'd be really fun. But I have to put myself against pressure, pain, and uncomfortableness in order for growth to happen. When God gives you this, it's going to take you outside of your comfort zone. Okay? This is not to be used in your comfort zone. Because nothing lives in the comfort zone. Everything dies there. Your hopes, your dreams, your vision, your future, everything dies in the comfort zone. Okay, this is for no comfort zone. This is for stretching and growing and putting the devil in his place. 